Hello, welcome to Landy's Taiwan Diaries. My name is Alia Landman, but most people just call me Landy. Today we're going to look at a few items that was in the news recently, and this uh, will be interesting for our listeners if you're a listener from outside Taiwan, but also if you're a listener from inside Taiwan, you might have a lot of interest in this. So let me first uh, uh, just recap a little bit in case you forgot what we said a few episodes ago about the history between Taiwan and China. Now, Taiwan has very few official diplomatic allies. And many of the official diplomatic allies are small nations like Haiti, a little island in the Caribbean, Swaziland in Africa, and also a few bigger ones like uh, Paraguay in South America and some countries in Central America. But uh, they are very few and they are not very powerful. That doesn't mean that Taiwan does not have offices in many countries. Taiwan has offices in all the major countries in the world, but they just can't call them embassies when you have official diplomatic relations with a country. So Taiwan has this problem where they, they, of course, they want to have an office in another country, but they cannot call it the Taiwan embassy because they don't have official diplomatic relations with that country. So they have to invent all kinds of uh, strange names or uh, ambiguous names. For example, you'll find the, the Taipei Economic and Cultural Office, whatever that means in some countries. Or another a popular one is the Taipei Liaison Office, in, and then they, they add the, the name of the country. But uh, a little earlier this month, uh, the country of Lithuania allowed Taiwan to actually use the name Taiwan in their new office in Lithuania. It was a new office that just opened, and they called it the Taiwanese Representative Office in Lithuania. Now, most people will think, so what? That's great, because now everybody knows when they see this office or they see this name on the office in Lithuania. Maybe a Lithuanian wants to visit Taiwan. They go, ah, this is where I must go to get my visa or to get information or whatever. But China does not like that at all. So the moment that was done, when Lithuania said Taiwan can call their new office the Taiwanese representative office in Lithuania, they told the Lithuanian ambassador in China to go home. And they also recalled their ambassador from Lithuania. So a very strong and immediate response from China Although most people in the world will think, what is this all about? It's, it's just a name on an office. Now, the reason this became interesting is that a year or so ago, Taiwan actually applied or they asked the United States government if they can change the name of the office in Washington, D.C. to include the name Taiwan. And just recently, it is uh, in the news that America is actually considering allowing that. So Taiwan asked America, can we call it the Taiwan Representative Office? And the Biden administration is actually considering it very favorably. So you can imagine if China was so angry with Lithuania, Lithuania is a very small country, they're on the Baltic Sea, right? If they were so angry when Taiwan was allowed to open an office there, you can just imagine that China is now boiling inside. And they actually said that if America allows this, if they allow Taiwan to change the name to the Taiwan Representative Office, there is going to be severe military measures. Who knows what that means? But I think that is something to keep our eye on and see, does the American government actually have the courage to allow this? Are they daring China to do anything about it? 
but it will be something that I think will be very, very interesting to keep our eyes on and see what America will decide there. But if it is allowed, I think it will be a major breakthrough for Taiwan and a black eye for China. And uh, it will also be interesting to see what does China mean by severe military measures. So let's, uh, let's watch that. Now, another thing that was in the news this week is that at the Taipei Liaison Office, which is kind of like the Taipei Consul in Cape Town, South Africa, there was a little function. And at this function, a few South African students received scholarships to come and study in Taiwan. And a few years ago, when I taught at the Taiwan Ministry of Foreign Affairs, one of my students was actually in this office where they decide which foreign students can get a scholarship to come and study in Taiwan. So I asked the student, why do you do that? Why do you spend all this money on some foreign students coming into Taiwan? I know it's all good and well to show some goodwill, right? And to, to attract people to Taiwan, but what is the benefit for Taiwan? And this student said that what they hope for, if, if they educate this student in Taiwan, or this person, and this person goes back to their own country, wherever it may be, it doesn't have to be an official diplomatic ally. It can just be another uh, country in the world. They hope that in the future, when this person goes back there, this person will now voice their support for Taiwan. Hopefully, the student will get um, in a fairly good position in the world. Maybe they'll become a business leader. Who knows? And then they will educate the world a little bit about Taiwan and the, the whole Taiwan situation. And I thought to myself, but... The chances of that happening is pretty small. You are spending like millions of dollars in the hope that somebody might speak up for Taiwan. What guarantee do you have? You don't have any guarantee. So wouldn't it be better to use that money without sounding stingy or not generous or just thinking about yourself? Wouldn't it be better to use all those millions of dollars that is given to foreign students who come into Taiwan to study wouldn't it be better to give that to Taiwan students? Maybe they should think about the saying, charity begins at home. But not everybody will agree with that. There might be a point to the whole thing of treating other people well and hoping that then they will, they will support you in the future. Because as I mentioned in an earlier episode, Taiwan is fairly isolated in the world as far as uh, politics go, not business-wise. Business-wise, Taiwan is a, is a vibrant uh, exporter and importer, so they, uh, that is going well. But that is the, the scholarship situation, and um, maybe that can make you think also, what do you think? Is it a, a good investment, or is it a waste of money that could have been used better in Taiwan for the people who actually pay the tax, where the government gets their money, right? It's from taxes. So isn't it better to spend on your own people? Again, I say, I don't want to sound like a person who says the Taiwan government must become all stingy and introverted. Maybe it's a, it's a good idea. Now, let's move on to one more item. In August, in Taiwan, there were supposed to be some referendums. Now, the Taiwan people, for some reason, not the people so much, but the politicians, they love referendums. For a while, almost every presidential election attached to it had some referendum questions. Many of the questions, absolutely ridiculous questions that the people did not care about. And uh, luckily the Taiwan voters showed that by not even bothering to vote in these referendums. But in August there were supposed to be like uh, four or five different questions. One was about importing pork from America and um, it was postponed until December. And just this week, the political parties who are promoting these referendums have asked the people to please 
remember it and come out and vote for these referendums. Now, there's something you have to remember about referendums. If you vote for a political party and that, that political party gets into power, then you have to now trust that party to make decisions on your behalf. You can question them, of course. You can write letters to the newspapers. You can protest if you don't agree with what they're doing. But that political party cannot go back to the people and ask them uh, for every single big decision, ask them a referendum question. That cannot work like that. You must trust your government to make decisions on your behalf. Otherwise, you shouldn't have voted for them. The same with the opposition. The opposition have the right to say, we don't agree with this decision. Uh, we're going to protest. We're going to sit in front of the parliament or whatever the situation may be. But at the end of the day, you cannot ask the people to vote in a referendum every time there's a big issue coming up. You must allow the government to govern. And that's why I think the whole referendum thing is being overdone here in Taiwan. And as I mentioned earlier, I think the voters feel the same way because they ignore most of them completely. Small percentages vote. The referendums never pass. But it will be interesting to see when the referendums do roll along in the, in the middle of December, December 18th, if I'm correct, how many people will actually go out and vote. In the past, what the people did is they linked it to the national elections. But this time, it's being done by itself. And you can imagine that many people will not even go through the trouble to go out and vote. But we'll have to take a look and see how strongly do the Taiwan people feel about these questions that are being asked in the referendums. I think referendums should be kept for really big questions, like changing the constitution. Like when I was a student in university in South Africa, there was a referendum about changing the constitution to make it become more inclusive. So those are the, the big questions I think that you should ask the people, but not other little things that are not that important for the country. Anyway, those are a few opinions about some of the latest news. We hope it perked your interest to keep your eye on the news and see how these different items are going to pan out in the future. So that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And until next week, all the best. Goodbye. <music>